Hello, welcome. It is officially official. Season five of Moonbeaming is back. We're back, baby. Better than ever. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and I am so thankful that you are here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting this podcast. I cannot wait to present to you all of the episodes we have lined up, all of the incredible guests, all of the magic. It's all because of you. This episode today, right now, right here, right being here now, is special to me because it is our deep dive into tarot. I always like to start off a season with a deep dive, whether it's a tarot card, a tarot theory, because, listen, I love the moon. I love her. But tarot, she was my first love. She's always going to be my first love. You know, we have that we have that loyalty. We have that gratitude. So we're going to pay homage to love and dive deep into tarot theory today. Today's episode is all about the six constellation. This is about the relationship between the lovers, the devil, and the sixes and the minor arcanas. This is about the devil being the lover's teacher card. And as we all know, the lover's is our card of the year, this being a six year. And what that means for us right now is that we are probably in the weeds of lover's themes. We're probably feeling the pressure or the unresolved aspects of a lot of the themes around lovers, around choice, around being who we truly are, and how we do that in such a complicated and harmful world. We're probably thinking about healing thinking about reconfiguring our own perspectives, how we view ourselves, how we view others. We're thinking about creativity. We're thinking about unbridled, unfettered spirituality from the heart. We're thinking about autonomy. I think I said choice already. I'm gonna say it again. We're thinking about choice. And what does that entail? And what is limiting our choices? What is limiting who we are and what we want? What is limiting our ability to love ourselves, our ability to be intimate with ourselves and others, so on and so forth. Things are coming to a head right now. Like if you're feeling, in the words of Queen, under pressure, It makes sense. And while all of us are dealing with external pressures, a lot of this pressure is also coming from within. As we uncover who we are, what we love, how we love, what we need, there is this real pressure to connect the internal with the external. We're probably also dancing, or dare I say, (laughs) running with the devil. We've got our limits, our shame, our subconscious coming up to block or to limit or to resist all of these lover's themes. Absolutely. But we also have the positive aspects of the devil, which is owning our magic our desires, what makes us us, getting wilder, rewilding, and figuring out how we can move past 
certain addictions into recovery, certain rules in our head that weren't ever ours, but we prescribed to in order to live a more holistic, more self-actualized, more authentic life. So I'm sharing this episode with you because this all feels really timely. If you're like nodding your head, great. Love that. Love that for you. But not really. I mean, it's it's rough. And also it's beautiful. It's brilliant, right? This episode is taken in part from a workshop I gave on this here subject back in May. I always like people to be prepared for the themes that are happening in the year. I created it in March. It was one of my favorite things to create. I think it's still really important and really resonant now. This episode is going to help you not only learn more about the lovers and the devil archetypes, but you'll also be able to see how they connect. You're going to learn a bit about tarot constellations. You're going to start understanding how you relate to both of these archetypes as being healing technology. Yes, even that spiky, horny, sexy devil. Woof. Of course, you know the devil is healing. You're a witch. You are a witch. Can't heal if you can't hex. Can't create if you can't destroy. You know the deal. You know the deal. Okay. A little note to our brand new listeners or to our listeners who have maybe forgotten about what the lovers are all about or what the devil is all about. I already recorded lengthy coverage of these archetypes last season. So check out the episodes on the lovers. I want to say they're all in January. We have the lovers and the shadow of the lovers. And then I talked about the devil, gosh, maybe back in May. So I'm not going to share the 101-ness, the basicness of these archetypes, because I already did that. What I want to talk about is this idea of the lovers and the devil as being tarot constellations and as the devil being a teacher card to the lovers. Now, tarot constellations are a concept that was created by Angelus Arian and then extended and like dived even deeper into by Mary Kay Greer. And the idea is that because of numerology, if you add up one plus five, which is the devil, that's six, which is then the lovers, because lovers is six. And then there's the minor arcana, the sixes in the minor arcana. These make up a constellation. And of course, constellations are a map or a blueprint around a theme or related themes, right? It's like a grouping. So if you want to know more about this theory of tarot constellations, absolutely check out work by Angelus Arian or Mary Kay Greer. I'm going to talk about them more now. And also, I do want to say here, if you are a professional tarot reader, if you see clients, if you're a tarot teacher, my humble opinion is that you've got to know tarot theory. You've got to know structures of tarot, how the different cards connect on different levels, how they relate to one another, how the archetypes speak with one another. This is something I do feel really strongly about, even if you end up throwing it all out, right? Learning about all of this is highly useful to our practices. I have a class coming up, Elemental Intuition, that will give you a strong foundation in the Minor Arcana. If you want to sign up for that, the link is you know where, aka it's in the show notes. That is where it is. And if you want the entirety of this Lover's Devil workshop from which some of this is pulled from, 
It is in our studio shop for you to download. I'm going to be honest with you. These more esoteric glasses where I get to dive deep and like really nerd out on tarot, they're my favorite. This one ended up being something like 9,000 words. I worked on it for weeks. It was along with better boundaries and resourcing the creative self. It was like the favorite thing I made this year. And it's funny because funny, ha ha ha, aka not funny, these more esoteric workshops I put together, they're like the least popular. I totally get that folks need 101 material. Like I'm here for it. Again, I'm just being really real. As someone who has been engaged and excited by tarot for almost 20 years. For me, the kind of more like niche stuff, the kind of more esoteric stuff is where it's at for me intellectually. So I'm also thrilled to be able to just to present this here because this is one of the joys of my life. Yes, I am Hermione from Harry Potter. Like I'm a super deep nerd about the esoteric, about the occult. I'm going to start teaching more about it because that's what just straight up excites me. And also, I will be presenting tarot in ways that you can totally take in and you'll be able to understand. So I just I just felt like sharing. That's what we do here. That's what we do here at Visual Magic Corporation, which is the name of my corporation. Okay, Let's dig in. So, tarot constellations. We have two major arcana in a tarot constellation. We have one that is the pure number, in this case, the lovers, number six. And then we have the teacher card, which is a larger number that then boils down to the same number. So the devil in this card, and we call this the teacher card. Ultimately, the teacher card can help us integrate or manage the shadow of their student card. The major arcana cards in the tarot constellations are uniquely posited that way. I also believe Real talk, that the card that comes after the card helps to address the shadow of the other card as it also builds on the themes of the card before it. So for example, the chariot helps to address or integrate the shadow of the lovers just as much as, say, the devil does. Again, this is just my own theory, what I have witnessed. I'll probably talk more about that in a later episode or somewhere else. But we can really think of a teacher as being a helper. So the devil being a helper, being the teacher of the lovers, is an archetype where things are not what they seem. In the lovers, things are what they seem. The lovers is so much about seeing clearly. Again, seeing is a metaphor. It doesn't just mean seeing with the eyes. It means experiencing. We experience things as we are. This is what the lovers teaches us. And the devil is a little more complicated. She's a little more complicated, okay? Maybe... A problem isn't a problem. How do things not become a problem? Maybe when they are for growth and healing. Maybe when they are not about you. Think about how much energy you expend trying to control the perceptions of those who are committed to misunderstanding you, or those who simply can't ever see you because they can't see themselves. This is what I really want to talk about with the devil as teacher card as well. 
And it's a big teaching, large, massive, pyramid-sized teaching of the lover's year. We're seeing all of it now, right? Like we're seeing all of it now. Aren't you seeing this in your life and at the culture at large? You know, not to go off-road, but I'm recording this as the queen just died. And there is a major conversation about the horrors of colonization, which is new because we have social media, right? There is a sea change happening around imperialism. Obviously, this is not brand new. There are so many scholars, activists, leaders, workers, who have been talking about the evils of imperialism and colonization globally for centuries. But because of social media, we're seeing the sea chain from the bottom up. That's lovers, y'all. This is lovers year. Like people have the power. That is absolutely a message of lovers. And so the devil is like the monarchy, things not being what they seem And the lovers are the ones who are talking about it clearly. But we're also seeing, again, the devil and lovers. This is like a both and. Now we're getting really meta. Those who are in power or those who subscribe to a particular paradigm, it doesn't matter what we say about the monarchy. It doesn't matter what we think about the violence that has been enacted by imperialism, they are still going to imperialize, right? Like they're still gonna commit to what they're gonna commit to. And again, this is a big lover's devil teaching of like, okay, well then like, where are we gonna put our energy? We can resist as we should. And also, what can we build outside of that? If we're like barking up a tree, you know, barking up the wrong tree, how long are we going to bark up it until we realize it'd be much better to build a doghouse with our other furry friends who believe in the same things as we do, right? So part of the aspect of the lovers helping us see clearly is the devil recognizing the limits or limitations or refusals of others. While also, yes, I'm going there, understanding we have those too, right? Like we're someone else's devil or we're someone else's lover. It's all interconnected, right? You know, people have limits. They're unconscious to their patterns and we see it. We see it as they don't, and we see it on others as they are looking at ours, and we can't see ours. And in all of this is sadness and exasperation and grief when we realize that. And sometimes there's an acceptance there that is also liberating an acceptance of our limits or someone else's limits, it can be frustrating, but it can also be a gift. This is absolutely a year to think about limits, Saturn being in Aquarius, devil as teacher, the limits we put on ourselves. We do this every day to ourselves. I've been thinking about this construction of our civilization in the West, of going to work, having a schedule. Like, what are those blog posts? Like, what CEO's mornings look like? Or, you know, all of those things, right? You know what I'm talking about. How I get it done. I think that's like a cut article. You know, how I get it all done. These invisible rules on our life and on our time and what we do. 
they're both so unconscious. They are so automatic. They feel absolutely real because other people are doing them. Other people are going to their job and doing their thing. But do we, and when I say we, I mean you, do we need them? Do you need them? Really? There are the limits that aren't real. They're not real. Like how we think of ourselves when we're mean to ourselves. We think we can't do something or we think that we're less than or we think that if we have this thing or that thing or that thing or this thing, then we can do the thing. But we can't do the thing just as we are. Beautifully human. And then we have like limits that no one can sort of question. And that's the hours in the day. Although, <laughs> again, that's questionable, meaning time is nonlinear, right? You can hang out with your friend on a couch for an hour and it feels like 10 minutes. You can be at work doing something you don't want to do and that 10 minutes feels like an hour, right? It's our experience of time. But like there's our hours in a day. We've got our mortality. We have material resources we have. We have the limits that are finite. And so the devil can also be about those limits. The devil traditionally in the golden dawn theory is connected to Capricorn. Capricorn traditionally is ruled by Saturn, which is all about that, right? Saturn is crone. Saturn is the end of time. Saturn is our boundaries, our limits, what is possible. So the devil can absolutely be about that. When we understand what is finite, what we love, what is most enjoyable, what is most important to us, I would argue that's Saturn as well, that becomes more important and we want to prioritize that, which then creates an infinity, an infiniteness, which is lovers. The devil is also this archetype about what we do when we're in situations we don't want to be in, which hello, like dearly beloved, it's this thing called life. It's also frequently how we have to deal in the material world, in the matrix, in someone else's structure. So much of the tarot, because it is about mysticism, is about, to paraphrase all of our besties, Jesus Christ, it's about how we are in the world, but not of it. And the devil is that card when maybe we get a little bit too much in the world, a little bit too much in our head, a little bit too much in our limits because we really want our desires, because that is also what the devil's about. Like when we're like, oh, I want this thing so bad. We then experience a lot of limits, do we not? We end up getting weighted down by possession. So this constellation, number six, lovers and devil, watch what you narrate and how you narrate. You recreate the world in your mind, because you can't control the world. If one does not like the world, either the world in your head or the world around you, we often do devil and lover's things. We avoid. We delude. We escape. 
we seed victimhood or accountability or over accountability. We people please. We look to others for authority. We stay really superficial on the surface. We gossip or become preoccupied with silly, meaningless things like celebrity gossip or making TikToks or whatever. Again, making TikToks, not silly. I'm just, I'm just old now. So (laughs) I'm like, TikTok, I don't want to do that. Anyhow, we often tell ourselves lies about ourselves or who we are that keep us trapped, that keep us stuck. Oh, that's just the way that I am. Oh, that's just the way that things are. We overconsume, we scroll, we Netflix until the screen is asking us if we're alive, but the screen's a robot, so it's like somehow even more depressing, right? We judge, we blame, we other ourselves, we complain. So watch your mental patterns to see if they're trying to make you feel comfortable or if this is a script that is trying to latch onto negative thought patterns that began before you were even conscious of them. Come to know the origin of the voice. Do you really believe you can't? Do you really believe that you're ugly or cursed or whatever some unhealed abuser or unhealed healer or unhealed society told you about yourself before you could even have the chance to figure out what you thought? Because this stuff happens before we even consciously have a choice to live in a healed devil archetype is to walk in an abusive world, a deranged world, and have peace and remain as authentically intact and unscathed as possible to keep your desires intact, your imagination intact, your magic intact, your creativity intact, despite all of the external messages that are trying to tell you you aren't this or that or that or this. The devil is the first card of the third line of the major arcana because this is like the first fundamental process to getting free is being yourself no matter what other people tell you or how they react to you is being your like weirdo, magical, beautiful self that wasn't made for this world because you're a visionary. That wasn't made for this basic, boring ass world because you're magical, you're complicated, you're nuanced, you're complex, you're neurodivergent, you're an artist, right? So... Come to know the observer of your voices. Come to know that observer who is silent, watching, listening. And come to know the one that observes the voice. And over time, Make a commitment to tell different stories, to tell true lies. It doesn't matter whether or not the narrative we've told about ourselves is true, because oftentimes the narrative we've consumed about ourselves from the external world is a lie. (laughs) 
in the tarot constellation of the lovers and devil, we want to be really conscious. We want to understand our levels of consciousness. And so that means this year is the time to be conscious of what you don't know, to bring the unconscious into your field. I know this sounds a little cryptic, so I want to get a little bit more tangible. Examine your addictions, your habits. Detach from shame and judgment around them. We are not our personalities, truly. We aren't our personalities. We aren't our labels. We aren't our identities. We are beyond that because we are spirit. We can change our personalities as we change our habits, as we change our beliefs. So you can ask yourself, is this healing me? Is this helping me? Is this harming me? And get really real about it. Be really lovers about it. Have that clear sight, that clear vision. Stop making up a story about situations that aren't helping you. Again, this idea of true lies. What is real and what is not? What is the truth and what is not? And what do you want to start telling yourself about yourself and your life that will help you proceed in a different way without limits or accepting your limits depending on where you are? A lot of us use the I don't know, like I don't know, as a reason, as an excuse to not do something or not do anything. When we think about how we do this, we become trapped. This is all because we're afraid of what might happen that takes us out of control, all because we're afraid of what might happen that would underscore, highlight, bring up, trigger our deepest fears about ourselves. Our fears about our wounds coming up again. And we can see this super easily at the superficial level. I can't ask that person out. I'll be rejected. And rejection means humiliation, says the lovely human with rejection and humiliation wounds. I can't ask for a raise at work. What if I get fired? Says the person with scarcity stuff. And then there's also just the plain old uncomfortableness of realizing your wounds are running the show, your shadow's running the show, your limits are running the show, Like, that's rude, you know? Listen, listen. Ego death is really annoying. And when I say ego death, I don't mean total obliteration. I quite like my ego. My ego saved my life. So we're not looking to kill anything, meaning like, having it cease to exist. We can't do that with energy anyway, right? Because energy cannot be destroyed. But we are going to look at what is controlling us and we are going to look at what is no longer serving us because the next stop after the devil is the tower because of course it is. The devil leads to the tower. The devil helps us get free by looking at our traps, our fears, and then flipping the coin and examining what we really want. That's how we can get the healing and the recalibration we need. And we see that in this year already. We see it in the sixes. We see that healing isn't 
rainbows and unicorns, we see there's grief. We see there's loss. We also see that there's recovery and that's possible. We see that healing is possible and sometimes it is rainbows. We see that there is bravery and courage in doing what we don't want to do, but what we have to do in order to become more ourselves. Both these archetypes help us become more ourselves. The devil as a teacher card wants us to get subversive, to dig in the dirt, get really intimate with our true desires. I need to be real, you know, seeing thousands of clients over the years. One of the most confronting things that would come up around the devil is getting real about what we want. It's very confronting. That's one of the things that the devil teaches lovers. It's that tagline from the real world. What happens when people stop being polite and start getting real? We have to get real about what we want. We also have to get real about how we communicate about what we want. How many of us were taught to get what we want? I'm thinking about in relationships, in these like very adjacent ways by manipulating or being indirect or like not saying anything and just hoping and praying that the other person would magically read our minds. That is not useful. And it's really hard for us to communicate what we want. It's hard for us to admit it to ourselves because so many of us were denied it from such a young age. Have I mentioned the devil is about eradicating shame, accepting ourselves, clearing away shame? Thanks. Thanks so much. So we have to get real about what we want, about how much we limit what we want. And we have to be really clear about certain relationships can help us get what we want. Like a lot of us were not encouraged to want for things. It's really confronting to like wake up and be like, hey, I'm ravenous. Hey, I want so much. We're taught to really limit our desires and what we want. And that's a lot about what the devil can help us with, with the lover's shadow. We know that the lovers literally can help us with love and how we love and communication and curiosity and compassion as we confront our wildest desires and our big fears. And this is how we break patterns. So when we can bind these archetypes together, we have access to these different levels of consciousness. We get the super conscious and the conscious mind with lovers, and we get to experience and make louder the subconscious and unconscious with the devil. When you take the two archetypes, you put the lover's card out, and then you put the devil card underneath it, those two archetypes, you can see clearly as above, so below, and you have access to these levels and layers of consciousness, all of them. To illustrate that, there's this quote from Joseph Chilton Pierce, where he says, man's mind mirrors a universe that mirrors man's mind. 
human's mind mirrors a universe that mirrors human's mind. Levels and layers of consciousness being shown here, we see as above, so below. The lovers, this emphasis on the conscious self, the superconscious, the third eye, heaven, the etheric, the cosmos. And we have the devil representing the underworld, the subconscious, the dirt, and also the material form that our goals or the paradigms we're in that we're breathing and dreaming about and doing about ultimately become. This is one way that lovers and devil can be so, so powerful together. This year could also be completely fantastic for utilizing this above ground, underground, zooming in and out for what is going on, looking at the levels and layers of what's going on, looking at the levels and layers to the energetic patterns of what you want to make Moonifest materialize this year. It could be really conducive to thinking about what your cards of the year are or your themes of the year through these different levels and layers of consciousness. Trance work, making art, traveling to different realms, praying to the angels, making those connections between the subconscious and conscious self are always this could pan out or have panned out for you so far. Trying to heal through call and response of the wisest self down to our subconscious, those beliefs or fears that like don't always make sense, like checking those out, right? Moving through an entire spectrum. Maybe you use extremes to help you find a balance or a solution that would be good here. One of the ways I came up with to talk about how the lovers and devil express themselves is that the lovers speak in mirrors and the devil speaks in metaphors. The messages from lovers are often more clear. The messages from the devil often can be trickier or they come as a result of a deeper excavation process. I spoke a ton about Lovers as Mirror in my Lovers workshop and the Lovers podcast episode. So I'm not going to go into it here, but think about your mirrors. Think about who your mirrors are, who is affirming you, who helps you grow through their clear sight. A couple of examples of this are clear love, like when we really unconditionally love someone. That's an example of lovers, clear sight. Another is mirror neurons. When we're around someone who is living in joy or living in peace, we then mirror that often unconsciously, right? Now, the devil, the devil as a metaphor. A metaphor is something regarded as representative or symbolic of something else, especially something abstract. When I'm talking about the devil as being a metaphor, I'm simply stating that We've got to look beyond the surface. We've got to go beyond the superficial into the symbolic. Our urges, our instincts, our desires, our shadow are almost always a symbol of something else. Like I shared at the start of this episode, the devil is often tricky. It's often about something else than what we think at first. In other places, I don't remember where, I've shared that I believe that emotions like envy or jealousy 
are incredibly powerful guideposts if we decide to go beneath the surface. Most emotions that are symptom emotions, such as anger, will cover up or hide something deeper. So in the workshop, I use the example of once upon a lily pad when I was jealous. I found myself getting jealous of two different people. One I knew, one I did not know. To be clear, I actually didn't want what they had completely, exactly. I didn't want to be them. But I found myself getting jealous about their success and I knew that was an opportunity to go deeper, especially for me because I'm not in general a jealous person. By nature, whenever I find myself getting jealous, I know it's this really useful nudge that I have to follow because it's showing me where I feel dissatisfied. It can help me clarify what I want. And you might have your own similar signal, signpost, emotion. Maybe for you, it's anger. Maybe you very rarely get angry. So when you get angry about something, that can be your nudge to step back and think, okay, what is this pointing to? Where can I go deeper around this to help me excavate what this is really about, to help me see where my desires lie, and to help me alchemize this towards getting my desires or healing something. So when I sat down with those feelings and thought about what those folks symbolize to me, all y'all know who take my classes, know that in order to get to the root, we have to get into whatever intense emotion or situation is happening. Like, what is the symbol of that? And so they symbolized ease and play and having things be easy and joyful, being able to obtain success and getting rewards by things being easy and joyful. That was a symbol. I wanted to get the things I wanted in the way I thought they had got the things they had. To be totally clear, transparent, this is a huge ancestral-based affront to my subconscious and unconscious belief systems. I have been ingrained with the beliefs that work is a four-letter word, work has to be hard, and in order for my work to be meaningful, it has to be really hard, it has to be really grueling. Overwork, huge pattern with me. Being a kind of mule, major pattern with me. You know, the one that does the entire group project for everyone else, but then gets no credit and someone else takes credit for all of it. Hello, it's called Past Lives. She's called Ancestral Healing and Trauma. She's here. That sort of thing, right? This is literally a programming I'm trying to eradicate from my belief system, my energetic field, my aura, all of it. Like 2022 is the year that this has to be over. And over the years, I've done so much reprogramming around these beliefs. I've really watched and changed my energetic patterns and my actions. So I really have seen progress. Going back to the springboard for growth, to be clear, these are my beliefs around certain people. It's not true. It's like a lie I'm choosing to tell myself about the truth. These folks appear to be successful through ease and joy. I don't have proof that it's true, right? Like I have no proof. I mean, with the person I knew, like I actually knew it was hard for them, but like the projection of them 
felt like it was different. Again, this is a projection. So lovers, so devil, which is what this constellation can be about. Mirrors, screens, projections, delusions. That's the shadow side real talk of like both of these archetypes. And to be clear, me being jealous of someone else, it's not a shadow. Jealousy isn't a shadow. Not if you are not trapped by it. Me attaching my beliefs and my stories to these random people and then blaming myself or keeping myself separate from my desires that are activated, that's the shadow. That's the shadow side of this constellation. Because the more we keep ourselves separate and separated, the more inner and outer conflict we have. In order to integrate, we've got to confront, accept, look at clearly. It's on us to go after what it is we want in our lives. So in that way, the devil might offer us messages about what we truly want in these metaphoric, in these subversive ways. Again, to underscore, feeling envious, feeling rage, feeling jealous, feeling anger, feeling shame, none of those emotions on any level are abnormal. They make us human. But when we are mired by them, and when those are the emotions and the motivations that are running the show, that's when we've got to be really careful because our shadow, our limits, the lies we have ingested and believed about ourselves are running the show. Metaphors can also be symptoms because anger is a symptom, not a result. Jealousy is a symptom, not a result. If we get stuck simply in the rage and the anger and the jealousy, that's kind of doing a disservice to it. The shadow side of the devil wants us to stop there, wants us to get hung up on the rage, the lust, the urge to get hooked on compulsion for the sake of it. So in that way, like this is the devil being shadow which is also superficial, just like the shadow of the lovers, right? The lover's superficialness is also its shadow. The devil reminds us we've got to go deeper into the subconscious through the symbolism, however that's showing up. Even with positive emotions, maybe you have a crush on someone and you don't know why. And when you think about it, they're the first person to show an interest in you in years. That's coming up a lot with this year. With all this time, with the pandemic, we're realizing how attention-starved we are, specifically for a certain kind of attention, which of course is also a certain kind of care that maybe we couldn't or didn't get when the pandemic was in its incredibly acute phase, or maybe ever. And there's this feeling of mourning because of all that was lost or all that couldn't happen. And there's grief there too. Maybe because you're sick, like me, you got COVID, or you're immunocompromised, like me, or you're just simply being safe and separating yourself. You still feel really lonely and you crave some kind of attention. And I urge you to be honest and open about your needs. And don't stop there. Try to get them met however you can. If not by other people, then yourself. If not by yourself, then nature, or art, or cinema, or a group. You know, like, you deserve to be loved. And you deserve to be cared for. 
We can also look to the other cards in the constellation for solace, which I haven't talked about, but I have had episodes about the sixes in the minor arcana. I love this constellation so much because the energies of the lovers and most of the sixes are quite encouraging and positive for the most part, which makes it easier to collaborate with the more difficult parts of the devil. The sixes can be good friends and a great support system to help us with our healing or help us with an issue we're having or provide us with ways to move forward with our goals. What would the six of cups do in a situation where you're looking for new friends? What would the six of pentacles do if you're in an awkward situation with family members or with a job hunt? You can ask yourself that. Where will your healing come from this year? What are your support systems? Is there a minor six card that illustrates that? And how can you bring that into your life, into your everyday? Maybe for the last three months of the year, you focus on a six, a minor arcana, depending on the season or the astrological season, like autumn, winter, or Libra season, Scorpio season, like maybe with the six of pentacles, you're thinking about worth, work, resources, giving and receiving, reciprocity. Maybe during this Libra season, you hang out with the six of swords, or you travel, or you move towards another shore, or try some different way of communicating. Say goodbye to the things you need to say goodbye to, like finally move on. Maybe during November and Scorpio season, you do some inner child, inner teenager healing. You spend time in bodies of water. You do some heart healing, some soul retrieval. You make some shares that are strategically from the heart. Maybe during December and Sag sees, you do six of wands things and so on and so forth. I have episodes about the sixes in season four, and I have the rest forthcoming this season that you can check out. So hopefully this has given you some ideas around how this constellation is relevant this year. I'm sure like a lot of you are like, oh, smack, oh, shies. How about how this constellation is relevant? Some ways that this constellation and its themes can support you and offer you guidance in all manners of recalibration, healing, relationships. That's what we've been doing this year, babes. Hate to break it to you. Spoiler alert, newsflash. And recalibration, healing, relationships can feel very one step forward, one step back. It's also really ripe for pivots and integrations that we'll see take hold more strongly with more momentum next year. The devil and lovers can prepare us for this next year by helping us to illuminate our limits, our unconscious, what we love, what we don't love. They can help us make really potent magic. They can help us become more vulnerable, more compassionate, more self-compassionate, and more accountable to ourselves, our magic, our goals, our dreams, those we love, and the world around us. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for supporting this podcast. I am so excited to be back with you. If you want to go deeper with me, I have so many offerings this autumn. First up is Elemental Intuition. I'll also have other offerings like the court cards, protection magic. I'm sure I'm like forgetting a couple, but I'm here 
I know it's rough. I know it's beautiful. I know it's both. And I'm just sending you so many blessings, insights, and so much love. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. Bye for now.